Tonight is a super special happy night for me. Tonight I'm interviewing one of my lifelong, all-time heroes, Mr. Jim Abernathy. Jim is a world-famous shark conservationist, scuba diver, photographer, author, Emmy winner, and all-around great human being. He founded the nonprofit Wildlife Voice and runs wonderful underwater expeditions at Jim Abernathy's Scuba Adventures. You can see him currently on the Netflix documentary Tales by Light on the Misunderstood Predators Part 2. Most importantly, he's the real deal. He really loves these majestic beasts, and he has a bond with them that no one else does. He has dedicated his life to the conservation of sharks and other animals, and he does it with a passion that will inspire you to get off your butt and do the same. I love this guy, and I've never been more excited to do an interview on this show than I am right now. You are listening to The Podcastle. I'm Clark the Shark. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jim Abernathy. Right? Um, no, that that picture was taken by one of my best friends, Anon. Uh, he's a doctor down in Miami that's a regular on all my trips. Anon? Was he in the Tales by Light episode? No, that's Eric Chang. Eric Chang was in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of that? I watched it twice last night, Jim, and twice it gave me... I had a lot of itches in my eyes, if you catch my drift. Yeah, so, my eyes got really so, itchy. So you're not, you're not going to actually say that it I did. brought happy tears. I but... brought happy tears. I was crying like a schoolgirl. Uh, <laughs> I said to my wife, I said, come out here, and it was like 22 minutes in, and it's the montage where you're, you're in the water, and it's you, Eric, and you have your crew, and you are... Um, you're talking about the, how the, the sharks are the lifeblood of, of the world, and, and you're, you're petting the tiger shark in the nose. And I think Eric, might have been Eric, was holding a nurse shark, and there was this beautiful music playing. And, and then they cut to you, and you had happy tears. And then I, I, then I was, a, I was full, uh, full waterworks at that point. That was it, yeah. At that point, that's it. Uh, and that was um, you know, such a tremendous uh, time for me because you know uh first of all eric chang is uh definitely one of my best friends for a multitude of reasons he's the kind of guy that you want as a friend to know him is to love him and uh, to have him on board you know he's got a huge following although he doesn't work it um and he's just so incredibly he's the most gifted raw talent photographer i know and to have him on board, um, you know, his mission uh, is, as, as you know, from watching Tales by Light, is to show the world that the world's most dangerous underwater creatures aren't dangerous at all. So he, he swam with the orca. He, he went, uh, he swam with the world's largest snake, the green anaconda. And then the third part was uh, to go with me and uh, with the sharks. Um, and I had told him before he got there that, that things have things have really changed because, you know, it, it isn't always like that. Um, it, there's been a progression. Um, and and um, that why is the progression? Is it because of the media? Do you think? Because I know they're not dangerous. No, 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 you know no, no. I mean, the progression at Tiger Beach and what's happening underneath my boat. OK, so l l let me uh, let me basically try to describe it to you you know and it was in the late 90s that i was learning uh the real bad details of how many sharks were dying and and you know it 
it, I have been swimming with large predatory sharks, never with a cage, all my life. And, and I thought, you know, I need, to, I need to get serious about shark conservation. I need to move from land. And I found a liveaboard dive boat and, and I bought it on a whim. Just please let there be other people that are really crazy about sharks that might want to do exactly what I want to do. So I, I, I did this and, and um, well, thank God there were. And immediately uh, I was like a hidden secret. You know, everybody was telling all the professionals there's a guy that swims like actually uh, this in, in a couple of when days. When was this? Give us a time frame because you're not uh, a little secret December, anymore. 1997, December, I bought the Shearwater, the liveaboard that I that I still own. It's a okay. small 12 passenger, four or five crew um, uh, commercial boat. It's 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 not uh, luxurious. It's it's. Um, but I, I don't really care about luxurious because no. they'll be lucky if they do what I want them to do. They'll be lucky if they make it to their bunk because they're going to be so exhausted. So, so basically what, what I do, I, I, I like the way Eric Chang says it. He, he said once that I redefine eccentric and that is so true. That I don't is so do true. Anything. I don't do anything half-assed. If I get involved in it, I get way over involved. Yeah, and and with with sharks, I you know, um, I I basically was the pathfinder. With you know, I'm I'm the first person to start large predatory encounters cageless, and I received a gauntlet of arrows, mostly from people that later in their life would try to replicate what I'm doing. But in the beginning, everybody thought I was going to kill people because they all thought that sharks were dangerous, but I yeah. grew up with them. I knew they weren't dangerous, but I had no idea. And, and, and for you to so, be, cause you're a, yeah. you're a pioneer in what you did and, and just, you know, being able to talk to you is like one of the, the high moments of my life uh, for all the people that you've touched and the, the pioneering that you've did with sharks to let people know, you know, you're trying to build an army to protect these beasts. Um, you're still a very approachable guy. And when you do your tours and things like that, uh, I feel like you're you're pretty accessible, and that's what you're trying to do, right? You want to be out there to inspire people. I, I am very accessible. In fact, um, that's one of the things that I, I fight. We didn't actually finish that earlier topic of the change, but we, we can come back to it. But no, one please. Of that, that one of the things that uh, um, I fight is that a lot of these shark dive operators, especially ones that feed sharks, it becomes a show about the guy feeding the sharks. And, and for me, that will never happen because um, of uh, the, feeding a shark puts it into a different mode, what I call the survivor mode. In order to be successful, it, well, first of all, uh, in, in order to understand fully, I, I need to change your mindset. Let me try. Let's imagine that you're a shark. Okay, so immediately you have two more sensory systems um, than, than humans do. You have an electrical, uh, electrical sensory system that you can pick up uh, 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 an animal in stress. That's, that's what you're, you're honed to do. Right. Um, and then you have a, a, what is known as a lateral line system. And the lateral line system, basically, if I was to put my hand towards you like I just did, 
you can't feel it. I mean, I know we're on Zoom, but if you were right next to me, you wouldn't be able to feel that. A shark can feel that from quite a ways away. And they look at that as aggressive and they're scared. So um, what, what I did was I um, immersed myself 24 seven, 25 days a month in 1998. And basically was on every single trip almost um, except for a few interruptions, like I did an IMAX film for five weeks uh, where I was on the boat next to my boat. And, and, and uh, I got divorced that took three trips uh, 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 to finally get it pushed through. But regardless, I've been out there the whole time. And it's when I, when I moved off of land and I became part of the ecosystem, that's when changes happened. Like in the early days, I couldn't get close to a lemon shark. They were afraid. And basically the way I, I put it is that there's in my briefing, I have an hour long briefing on how to dive with sharks, large predatory sharks safely. In other words, let me, let me state that properly. The goal of every trip is to get as many of the largest predatory sharks of a variety of species as close as we possibly can for as long as possible safely that's that's the goal now the problem is sharks don't swim backwards so they don't they're not really right. good what do you do? yeah yeah and and the other and and while i guarantee that no shark is is ever going to attack anyone i've never seen an aggressive shark of any species towards man in four plus decades of swimming with them more than anybody I know. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that spends any- I, I want people to make a note of that, watching and listening as well. What Jim said, out of the four decades he's been swimming with sharks, with these majestic beasts, he has not witnessed a single shark attack or, you know, provocation. I've never, it's, it's much better than that. It's not a single shark attack. I've never seen an aggressive shark towards man at all. Except no aggressive every, behavior from sharks towards every, man. Every year for one week on one channel, man, are they aggressive. But fortunately, I've been in some of those films. There's a film out on Discovery Channel called oh, yeah. Tiger Beach. And, and uh, the film crew, it, it was supposed to be 90% uh, uh, science, amazing science with Dr. Neil Amerslog, and 10% on the underwater acoustic buoy. Well, the underwater film crew didn't show up. And so I, I said uh, to the producer, hey, uh, I, I'll, I'll take care of this. He said, you can't take care of it. I said, what do you mean? And, and, and uh, he said, well, you're in the film. How can you film it? And I said, I'm going to film it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to star in it. And I'm also going to be the shark protection for everybody that's down there. And I can do this. And my crew and the scientists know I can. So, you know, this is, I do this every day. It's not a big right. deal. And, yeah. and um, I went down there and I didn't know that there were seven uh, very hungry tiger sharks. Um, and of course, we're using fish to attract them. And, and um, my, I had my captain, amazing guy, George Hughes, hold the camera. And, and I said, just all you need to do, he's not an underwater cameraman or not a professional, hold the camera and make sure that this dot stays on that acoustic buoy and Neil's on one side of the acoustic buoy and I'm on the other side when I'm there and we're talking underwater. And, and uh, um, I have a full face underwater communication mask. So that's how we're talking. Uh, the best in the world. Uh, um, yeah, it sounds really clear in your videos. 
Yeah, Oceanic Technology Systems makes the uh, full-face guardian mask. They have some other masks too, but I like the full-face um, guardian mask. So, sounds pricey. What does that say? Yeah, it is. Uh, and, 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 but, you know, I, I'm, a man, I'm a man of a very uh, simple taste. You know, I I only want the best. Nothing but the, the best. This, Look at that thing. This, this, this wow. is the um, underwater full-face guardian mask it doesn't have the communication system which would go right here okay um, so how does that work so you're 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 masked up and then the communication system goes in there and do you speak hold on, i'm gonna see if i have uh i'm just I'm, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was watching your video last night i'm wondering how you, how you talk because you can hear yourself breathing without here, here's much a trouble one. um so so this one is a little bit better um this one is a yellow one uh and here's the regulator okay and, Right, it goes right in here, and yeah. basically, basically how this works is, um, uh, it's a full face, which I I love full face because um, yeah, this uh, you know I can see everywhere. Look, there's five straps holding it on my head, right? We're yeah, having, it's not going I anywhere. It, I have to put it by my body so you can see it, right? Yeah, I can see. Otherwise, it, it blimps out. So, so this beautiful. Cool. It's the I have I have uh, three other full face masks. And why do I like full face masks? Well, first of all, um, I don't yeah, good question. Want to worry about the mask coming off. Okay, so right. I like five straps. I'm underwater, you know, some on good days, sometimes eight or nine hours. So any that much? Uh, oh, well, yeah. Well, wow. My, uh, my perfect day is that's is, awesome. My perfect day is I I like to do two dives back to back for two hours each. Yeah. Um, and so I have two sets of gear on the boat and I come up, get out of one set, get into the other set, just take my mask with me, get into the next set and go right back in, in That's minutes it. That's so great. that they can fill the other tank. And then, yeah. and then I, I come up, eat lunch, take a nap, come up and then do the afternoon and, and, and for another four hours, we switch off with the crew and on, on my best days. And then right after dinner, we do a night dive and, and, uh, uh, it, you know, the night dive can last a long time. We've even done double night dives on some of them, depending on the group. Um, so, but this full face underwater communication system adds so much. I can yeah. narrate the footage while it's happening, which is amazing. Now, this, this uh, um, mass company, um, Oceanic, uh, uh, Ocean Technology Systems, um, uh, they, they, uh, reached out to me one day after they had saw one of the films, um, where there's a classic scene in it. It's the very first film ever made where, um, you see affection between a shark and a man. And, and if you, if you watch it without me explaining it, it looks like my favorite tiger shark, uh, a, a relationship of roughly 20 years, a 15-foot tiger shark. Actually, that's her behind me. That, that's her in the picture. Wait, hold on a second. Let me get out of the way. That's that's her right there. Yeah, so Is that's this Emma. Emma. Emma, yeah. So yeah. I've known her for about 20 years. She's underneath the boat mostly. Uh, in the first 17 years, she was underneath the boat uh, 10 months of the year. Uh, so, so basically, uh, I'm spending more time with this shark than most people do with their dog. Oh yeah. Okay. That's how and I found you, Jim. I Googled. Uh, I was on YouTube. I was like clicking around, and I, I just typed in "friendly tiger shark," like just that. And I saw all these videos of you with with Emma and different different tiger sharks. My, my 
bunch of them. Right? Oh my gosh! I everybody needs so, to check that out if you haven't. It's it's amazing. Uh, so, but Emma's so beautiful. This one scene from the film. Uh, this is the film that I made uh, to. I'm I'm a I'm a, one of three co-stars. Emma is the star. It's called This Is Your Ocean Sharks, and the co-stars are Guy, Doctor Guy Harvey, Wylan, the ocean artist, and myself. And Emma's the star. And I told the the producer, a brilliant guy, George Schellinger, that if if he would do this film earlier, he was on my boat making another docu series about sharks, the Captain John Shark series with his oh, okay. brother. And yes. he's and he came up from one of the dives. He said, Jim, tell me what's going on between you and that shark. And in those days, I didn't want anyone to know because what, what are you gonna tell someone? You you can lock me up if I said I had a relationship with a shark in, in early two thousand, right? Yeah. And and so I sure. denied denied denied. Also in those early days, Emma would leave when I got out of the water. And that's not good for charters. So when Emma would show up, I would delay getting in because I can only be underwater for about four hours at a time. And, and before I, I'm just, I'm getting cold. And, and I, I, and as well as my nitrogen levels going up. So basically um, I called him on the phone, George Challenger. I said, listen, you, you know what that relationship thing you were talking about? I said, yeah. I said, well, it is true. You're, you're absolutely right. I lied to you. I said, but I've, I'm going to make it up to you. If you produce and edit this film that's, that is going to convince the Bahamas to protect their entire country from sharks, I will give you the world's first affectionate shark scene. And the scene is, is called the Emma kiss scene is what it's called. And Emma kisses me twice on the head um, while I do nothing. I, in other words, I am on the ground and, and uh, well, I wish I had another... I wish I had a way I could show it to you, but uh, um, but I'm I'm on. Oh wait a minute, maybe maybe I can. <laughs> but I don't know if this will work. Should I try it? Try it. Yeah, please. Uh, this is the first uh, uh, so affection so, scene between man and shark. And this is Jim. Here we go. So so basically, what you see here, what you're about to see, is Emma basically uh, kissing me twice while I do nothing. Um, and, and it appears as though it's a, a, a shark, uh, kissing me twice. Exactly what I told you. That's not yeah. really what's going on though. It's actually a shark seeking affection. But basically what happened was this, um, wonderful family from ocean technology systems, uh, Renee, uh, called me and said, Jim, um, we just watched, this is your ocean sharks. My whole, the whole staff, you know, there's, I don't know, 50, 70 employees there. And we, we all watched it at, at lunch. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, what yeah. I said, that, that's wonderful. What, what do you think? And she said, well, you've got to do the Emma kiss scene with our mask. And, and I said, they want, oh, they want to sponsor uh, you. And can, she said, she said, can you, they do sponsor me. But yeah. Right. I said, can you, can you, um, they sponsor my nonprofits. But, Which is uh, Wildlife Voice uh, Inc. Yeah, Wildlife Voice Inc. on Instagram is the name. But it's In order to get the this message across, I wanted to give the film something that no one else has ever seen before. And I believe uh, I have that opportunity because of my relationship with Emma. I mean, she basically follows me around everywhere I go down there. Well, basically, what I'm saying here is that I wanted to give the film something that the world has never seen, the affectionate side of a shark. And I am able to do this 
because of my relationship with Emma. And here she comes in for the first kiss right on the mask, right? Wow. And, and, and uh, she moves away. Tiger sharks cannot stop swimming. So she has to move away. By the way, there's bait. You see the bait in the background up high? Hold yeah. Up there's fish everywhere to attract all these sharks here. She comes back on her own again. Well, look at her eyes on this one. Look, look, look at her eyes. See, she's such a gentle creature. They roll back you know? in the head. She's like a little puppy and, dog. And what I say in there is that, you know, to me, this is just like your dog swimming up to give you a kiss. This is a peaceful protest on the shark culling of Australia. It's oh. the brainchild of another brilliant conservationist, one of my best friends, Sean Heinrichs. And he asked me if we could somehow figure out how to have a girl with no mask, no protection, no nothing, dancing with tiger sharks. There's seven tiger sharks in the scene here, but of course the star shows up for all the good films except for Tales by Light is Emma. And in just a second, you'll see um, Emma come in. There she is. In all wow, of she's so pretty. Uh, she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Now, she has been pregnant eight times. How old is Emma, uh, Jim? Well, I, first of all, I don't believe a lot of what I read about sharks in books. They say that tiger sharks only grow, uh, only live for roughly 50 years. But I've known her 20. And she's only grown a foot. So, I believe you. I, and, you're my and, only source. So. Another thing which was just proven is that um, after sharks give birth, she's been pregnant and given birth eight times in that in that 20 years. Um, and I have not seen her since January. So if you're watching this, please, everybody pray that she's going to show back and help be healthy and happy. Oh, yeah. And hopefully pregnant again. So this is. Um, an Australian actor, brilliant and, and incredibly talented, Hannah Frazier, who is uh, Sean's uh, mo underwater model for a film. Uh, I think it's called Why the Mermaid Cries, which is basically uh, um, uh, a mermaid uh, interacting with a, a number of species underwater and then um, t uh, talking about what's going on with them with the hopes that we can ignite activism to protect all these beautiful creatures. Get that army going. But, Start but the that movement. I, I told you that is because it was the most viral video the world still to this day has ever seen. 140 countries in 10 days without spending any money. And it's yeah, because, that's amazing. Because the scenes are unbelievable as well as the music. You know, it's very difficult to get things to go viral. But while yes. that was happening, um, which this is really interesting to me, um, uh, there's one of my, uh, another friends, uh, I'm sure you all know on ABC News, Matt Gutman. He's on every night. You know, sure. Especially with one of the That's leads. your buddy. Yeah, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And he, he, so he's constantly coming on board. And I said, hey, Matt, you, you want to come for this? This is a viral video. It's going to go viral. We're going to put a girl underwater dancing with sharks with no mask, no protection, no nothing. Yeah. And, 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 and so I put him and his cameraman on board. And, um, and if you look at the, the making of Tigress Sharks, they, which we filmed before we did it, they asked me, Jim, are you concerned that that uh, this shark is is going to and, and, you know, bite her or kill her or anything like that? And I said, in, in a very arrogant manner, I'm not the least bit concerned that anything's going to happen at all. And the reason I was so arrogant incorrectly, by the way, 
you know this doesn't end well, right? <laughs> so, so, so basically what happened was the, the previous seven or so. So basically, let, let me back up a little bit before we finish this story. In, in, uh, I moved off of land in 1998. And when I moved off of land, I realized very quickly that nature is cruel. If you um, have an injury, a shark's going to take you out. Their job is to remove the dead, the dying, the diseased, and the dumb. Now, you could be brilliant, but if you make a dumb mistake, suddenly you're injured, shark's going to take you out. So that's how it works. Yeah, So right. One the day, cycle. a one-eyed, uh, nine-foot lemon shark Ooh. showed up, and I thought, oh, this poor shark is not going to make it. Yeah. And because of that, this is in the early days when I fed more. I didn't realize the dynamics of what feeding does not in a negative way of what feeding does to their behavior, nor did I know at that time that sharks are affectionate creatures. They're sentient creatures. They have feelings. In fact, all animals have feelings, all fish, all everything. So what, what I did was I, I looked yes. at this poor shark and I fed it and it quickly became the superstar of, oh, you know what? Maybe you can see this. It quickly became the superstar. This is a uh, Jim Abernathy folder. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see? I it? can see it. A little uh, bit closer. I, I'm looking at the, my picture and I can't. Can you see it or not? Hold it closer. It's gone. Yeah. There well, you go. Anyway. I saw it. Uh, uh, but anyway, she quickly became. I'm um, sorry. He. I named the shark after the funny ocean film Captain Ron, where the main actor is missing his left eye. You're talking and about the lemon shark. Captain Ron became my favorite. And, and because she can't see, she has no eye on her left yeah. side, she'd always come in on her right side. Uh, but I could pick her out and follow her, you know, just the same as having a bunch of dogs. You can always tell which one's which. Yeah, well, you that's can. Me, that's me at Tiger Beach. They're all my dogs. That's amazing, and, though. And, and, and basically, in 2002, Captain Ron came in with a hook. Uh, through her jaw and the, she was swimming you know they swim side oh, to side no. like this and the the hook was cutting through her jaw i when oh. i first saw it i could put my finger through it i, I could have wow. it was a big hole so um Shit. i got this crazy idea or at least at the time and probably a lot of people would still think it's crazy i thought i wonder if i can make friends with this animal that's awesome to gain trust and then remove the hook yeah not crazy so that's what myself, you should do well, that's what I, I put. Well, I didn't want to put another hook in to catch the thing. So yeah. I put myself down current, a place that's too dangerous, down current from the bait, way too many sharks. And because of the lateral line system, I put my hand out in the current. Um, and and when the, when the shark wow. came, I, I rubbed her head. At first, she was he was afraid, and he came back repeatedly, repeatedly, coming back tighter and tighter circles. They, this shark loved the affection, and at some point, which you can see in Tales by Light, at some point, you know, and I started using this hand signal, which is basically rubbing your thumb to your fingertips, which to me, I, I have a, uh, I had a large bird, a macaw, and my bird sitters were afraid of the beak, so I trained my bird. Yeah. That, that if you do this, that means do you want your head rubbed? And of course, he just puts his head down and, and gets his head rubbed. That's well, awesome. I instinctively used it with Captain Ron. And Captain Ron, about an hour and 20 minutes into uh, training this shark on a hand signal, 
Wow. Do you want your head rubbed? The shark started coming in much slower, like a plane about to stall. And at that point, Gosh. while I'm rubbing her head, his head, I, I pulled Captain Ron's head all the way up to mine while I'm rubbing its head. And I'm looking, I'm looking at it and, and I can see the hook. And mentally, I, I figured out how I got to push the hook in, push it away from the barb. It's going to hurt for a second and then pull the hook out. And when I thought I could, Two hours later, I got the hook out. Oh my gosh! First at time too. Point, at that point, that's I looked, amazing. I, I looked. I looked around at all the sharks. It was game changer. Thanks I for caring, man. And, you know, and over over fifty percent of the sharks, and there's there were hundreds back then of sharks, and over fifty percent had hooks. And I thought, jeez. So at that point, that's all I did was remove hooks. Who are the? Who are the? Thank God for you. Sharks. For doing and, that, and, and but but uh, the reason I had to tell you that story because I'm trying to finish the other one is then then Sean comes up and says let's do this film Tiger Sharks and right. do you, how can you get a uh, how can you put a girl underwater figure out how to put a girl underwater with no mask no protection no nothing yeah how do you do and, that and I said well I said I think I know how so what I did was I asked all my crew give the hand signal rub the head of all tiger sharks. Okay, give the hand signal. And they started doing it with all the sharks. And and right now, and so that's why I was so arrogant in the making of Tiger Sharks. And 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 uh um so I didn't think anything could go wrong. Now let me tell you what went wrong. So I invited Matt Gutman, okay, and and basically um the captain who's also a, a, a captain who's also the chef um is on board with the deckhand. There are only two people on the boat. Everybody else is in the water uh, working this this film. And okay. Matt Gutman has, a, 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 I think, one underwater cameraman, and they all go underwater. And my worst nightmare happened, something I couldn't believe. And that is, let me explain. There's three types of sharks in the world, in my opinion. There's wild sharks. They're scared to death of people. And, and if they're attracted to a boat like mine, if they're really hungry, they'll come in right away, but they're scared to death and they swim fast and erratically. Um, a shark like that over a period of time um, can become a much better shark, which is a player. It's what I call a player. Player is a shark that swims amongst us with very little concern. And, and by the way, no shark looks at humans as a food source at all, ever. It, okay, it just doesn't happen. You know, there may be uh, some humans that might eat this camera, but it's very rare, right? I would say probably less than 70 people a year, same as shark bites, uh, shark mistakes, what I call them, um, shark on humans, right? So uh, basically what happened was, um, uh, and then the, my favorite kind of shark, the three types of sharks, wild shark, a player, and then a supermodel. A supermodel is a shark like Captain Ron, where I've removed a hook. If I've done something miraculous, yeah. like help the shark out, I remove the hook, and then I show the shark the hook, and I continue rubbing its head. And in in a in oh. a very short amount of time, you can turn a wild shark into a supermodel. Yeah. A supermodel to me is a shark that will never leave. Oh. And, and is relaxed, calm, cool, collected, not any concern whatsoever for their well-being because they have trust. They have full trust and in you, like and, the lemon and, shark. And they trust me and my crew. And, and uh, so basically, about eight months before the making of Tiger Sharks, 
all, I asked all my crew, give the hand signal, rub the head, give the hand signal, rub the head. And, and, um, and so we had not had a wild shark for months, you know, basically at this point, this is, you know, about seven years ago. So around 2013. So this is 12, 10 to 12 years after I started removing hooks, basically I've removed hundreds of hooks from eight. And so at this point, uh, all the sharks were calm, cool and collected. And it was, it was spectacular. So basically what, what I did um, was I gained too much confidence. We go underwater at very Uh first day and a wild shark showed up. Oh my God. And, and what kind of shark was it? it's a tiger shark. I'm, I'm only talking about tigers. Okay. Cause it's, it's a scene for tigers. There are lemons and reef sharks and nurse sharks and hammerheads and bull sharks, but we're focusing on tigers right now. So um, basically what happened was this wild shark came in. It's swimming erratically. It's swimming fast to me. It's scary. Okay. And, and it's biting everything that looks like fish. The dead fish is white. So all of our very bright lights it's biting all of our lights and and oh, strokes and things like this. And I look yeah. over. At, I look over in my worst nightmare. You know, I've got ABC News worldwide underwater with me filming all this, and I see yeah, that cool. signals to his cameraman, and they're going up. They're going up, and I'm thinking, oh god, here we go. Sensationalistic shark show is coming on. So I, I get up there. Right, I go, I follow him and. And I go up, he's already got his mask off. He's already telling. And all I heard was uh, there is an incredibly aggressive shark down there right now. And I said, Matt, really? Are you going to tell your viewers that there's an aggressive shark towards lights and strobes? Because everybody else is still down there except for you and your cameraman. Yeah. And they're not the least bit concerned. If you notice, the shark didn't wasn't aggressive towards any human. And he said, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, I'll show you. And I, I, with my tank on, I went to the back door and I yelled into Jason Harvey, the chef. I said, Jason, I need you to get in the water and smother that tiger shark with love. And Jason got in. And if you go back to my, my page... Get, go back if you can go back to my page and you look at um, the tiger shark named Hannah, which is named after Hannah Frazier. Oh, this I have is, that. This is this is uh, Hannah um, uh, Hannah tiger shark after five days of smothering it with love. I'd like to share with you another special encounter that we had during the making of Tigress Sharks, with Hannah Frazier at the center stage and Sean Heinrichs directing and a fabulous film crew we watched the tiger shark swim around hannah and suddenly this shark came in new to human encounters and everything going on everyone on board wanted to name this new shark after our superstar hannah frazier may i present to you hannah tiger and as you can see jason harvey kneeling in the sand giving hannah tiger affection the shark is watching his hand signal and every time he gives it the shark comes back for love and affection this shark is responding to just love and affection not fish we did not feed at all this is just love and affection which proves beyond a shadow of a doubt once again 
sharks are sentient animals and need to be treated with respect and admiration, the same as dogs and cats. It's time we put a stop to shark finning worldwide. If you'd like to find out more about how we stumbled upon giving sharks love and affection to remove hooks from them, or help us save these magnificent creatures that are so essential to our future existence on the planet, be the voice for those that cannot speak. Visit our website. Contact us. Thank you. This happened wow. during the making, uh, right after uh, this this tigress sharks. But I didn't. I held on to it because I wanted this uh, tigress sharks to go viral. And this could go viral on its own. And I think it did. Uh, it did and, easily. And, yeah. And and but basically, what you see Look here is without and using any food whatsoever. There's a tiger shark hanging out with Jason Harvey just for love and affection. And, and it's an incredible scene. I remember that, wow. you know, honestly, I love Jason and I hope he's not listening or, or takes this the wrong way. But I have to tell you that he spent a whole lot less time cooking. And, and, and <laughs> it was all about him loving on sharks from that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be like Jason. Yeah, of course, we all would. Because right. it, when, when it, so, so that's basically why I had to. To share with you this scene but basically it's beautiful you know it, another way to look at what i'm doing uh let, let me ask you a question in all your knowledge do you know of a single person anywhere in the world that is teaching anybody um how to make any that's teaching anybody how to um make friends with any predator land or sea do you know yeah, jim abernathy <laughs> yeah but i mean other than me do you no know i, I don't think there is one i think you're I the only one Nobody has told me. No one has said yes to that yet. But what is so there strange isn't any. is that the, the 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 animal that we're most afraid of is the animal I'm using to teach people how to make friends with a predator. And I have such success with this on a daily basis. Uh, one of one of my friends. Uh, yeah, that should tell people something. I hope. Yeah, Reggie from Nakawi Project. Um, she didn't believe in touching animals. And I said, not even to help it. And and she said, no, I'm not. I'm not. She was here for her film Game Over Fishing. And I inter she interviewed me and she didn't want any of the affectionate side of sharks in the interview. So the next day we're at Tiger Beach and basically a crew member went in in front of me. Then this is pretty much what happens uh, when when I'm at Tiger Beach. I, I uh, the, a, a crew member went in in front of me. So all the divers, 10 divers are in the water. And then he, I get in and he leaves. So a crew member is always in the water. And when I get down to the bottom, immediately my shark friends realize I'm there. And the lemon sharks, they're, they're small, nine feet. And they, they come over and they stop swimming because they can. They stand on their pectoral fins and, and uh, basically like a dog begging. To yeah, that's awesome. Run. And, and so because I have the underwater communication system and I regularly give my guests a listening device so they can hear me. And I said, I said, Reggie, cool. turn around. And, and, and she turns around and, uh, and there's, there's like a few lemon sharks there. I said, are you going to give this shark some love? That's why it's here. And, and she started to give this, to rub this shark just the same as you would your dog. 
Yeah. And, and, and she was just so happy and overwhelmed with joy. Oh. She started to cry. And how could you this, not? This, yeah, shark, beautiful. this shark, uh, which I named Nakawi, which means goddess of love. It was a wild shark. Um, you know, I, I hadn't known it long at that point. And because I was so close to the up and down line, um, where people go up and down to get back on the boat. And because I was the second diver in divers started getting out to switch tanks and come back in. And yeah. every time we were very close to the line and every time a diver went up, Nikawi would swim away. And then as soon as they went past the line, Nikawi would come back. She did that oh. on day one, 16 times in a row. Oh my gosh. So do sharks what like affection? Yes. They love affection. And now, now this, this happens, you know, uh, since Tigris, I don't know, seven years ago, roughly, I, I'm not, I could be off by a year or two. I don't, you know, every day is Saturday in my life. Yeah, so there you go. Pre-pandemic it was. Uh, but so yeah, I, back I, uh, um, uh, since then, I've been teaching my guests on every trip how to make friends with a shark. And, and uh, you know, I am a hardcore conservationist. And prior to teaching my guests, yeah. I thought my method for was to to take unbelievable pictures and video and share it with my guests so they can go home and talk about how this they did a shark dive, you know, and, and what it's really like. But uh, and I would beg them to within three months do a shark presentation, which I give them the presentation, give them the images that I took of them to make it their story. And but it didn't hold a candle next to what happened once I started um, letting them make friends with their own shark. You know, now uh, a lot of my friends will say, hey, let me let me see pictures of your family. And you see mom and dad and you see the sister. Right. And maybe maybe their kids or something. Sure. Yeah. Typical. This, this is um, uh, Captain Ron. My Captain Ron. Right. And that's me with Captain. Ron. Yeah, that's the best. And and, and 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 those of you that are following me on Instagram, um, you see, Jim. I post that regularly. It's Jim underscore Abernethy. Uh, and uh, I post yeah, you know, e. pretty regularly a different uh, scene of my guests and I um, with our friends. You do, I love that you do that, by the way, too. It's such a cool thing to like see every day in your feed. It's the only reason I really use Instagram. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but the rest is trash. I mean, but look for Jim have, Abernathy. We have such a uh, uh, we're you know we're at such a critical time right now. Basically, uh, most people don't know this, but we're uh, more than halfway through the the sixth extinction, the world's next extinction. This is the first time that it's caused by man. And presently, um, wild animals are at 70% gone. We have 30% left. And what's surprising to me is we still have some scientists claiming, like sh there's shark scientists even here in Florida, that, that are still claiming, oh, we can manage them. Let's manage them. Yeah, why and, is that? Well, I think they need a job. But let's be, let's be perfectly <laughs> honest. Let's say that I was your money manager. Okay. And you gave me a hundred million dollars. Um, do you think that you'd still have me employed when I had 30 million left? I wouldn't have you employed at 70. Okay. Right. You would have, you would have fired me. So, so to me, we're not in a conservation mode. We failed at that. What we are in now 
is a last ditch effort, effort for the preservation of sharks. And it's going to be up to all of us. Like it kills me that everybody that, uh, Marco Rubio just killed the U.S. shark fin ban. I just posted that a few days ago. Yeah, it takes he a special kind power. of human garbage to do that, by the way. It, 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 I mean, look, look, the way that I really? look at it is that the, the ivory trade we banned because yep. we killed the entire elephant just for the horn, just for the, the tusk. The the um, rhino trade we banned because we killed the whole rhino just for the horn. So why yeah, almost is it gone. that we haven't banned the shark fin industry where they kill the entire animal just for the fins? It's tens of millions of them a day. And especially when you consider that over 70% of the air we breathe, over 50% of the protein we eat comes from the heart of our planet, the oceans. Yeah. And, the sh and who, so, who, who regulates the oceans, Jim? Um, well, realistically, internationally, there's only really... I'm, I'm talking about the animal. I'm talking about which animal regulates the ocean. Who, what's the, who's uh, the lifeblood so of the ocean? The sharks, uh, the sharks' role in the ecosystem is to keep our ecosystems healthy and in balance. They are there it is. regulators. Right? Everybody needs to hear and, that message. They, they are basically the vulture of the sea. One of the few animals that can eat a decomposing animal and clean it so that the animals, the, the rest of the animals that can't eat this won't get sick and die. Yeah, and, they're the cleanup crew. We need sure. them. It's, it's so sad. So a perfect analogy is yeah. what happened in India. In India, the cow is sacred. And in India, they wanted to make the cow stronger. So they gave it antibiotics to prevent it from dying, which is a mistake. Every time we try to screw with nature, we fail miserably. And this is- Yeah, stop screwing with nature. So basically when the cow died, the vultures came in to eat the cow and, and the vultures all died. There are no vultures in India anymore. So what happened wow. was a massive- rabies attack on dogs dogs would eat the the decomposing cow and they would get rabies oh, and now shit. they spend millions of dollars on rabid dogs that because they don't have the essential the the vulture which is the shark of the ocean but it's the the vulture is the equivalent on land we yeah. need animals to clean our ecosystem and very very few animals can actually eat dead or decomposing animals without dying and the shark is no wrong. and without them the whole thing falls apart it's the lifeblood yeah. of the ocean it's the whole circle of life you keep it going people don't understand Absolutely. that though people like you understand it a lot of smart people understand it but there needs to be more awareness about these animals and the importance the, the importance is the most thing i'll stress and everything else comes second yeah, uh, how, how important they are to live Absolutely. You know better than anybody. And I, w I want everybody to hear your message and what well, you, you know, know you have I, to say. I've been very fortunate. I, I don't exactly know. I mean, I have lots of ideas on how I was able to basically follow my dreams my entire life. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I should it's amazing. I should my, my entire life. I, I had to go to college, get my business management degree. Um, but, you know, I never filled out a resume. And, yeah, and see, that's an amazing story. There's going to be lots of movies about you. Probably a few with you as actually, the role we're, of yourself. We're working on what I believe will be the world's best shark film. This is the first time there I've been able to talk about it. Um, it's the story yeah? of of my life, um, and the pandemic is the reason that it's finally coming to fruition. I've got a brilliant producer um, helping me um, put this together. The two of us are putting this together, and the nice thing is. 
I don't know if you can see it, but you know, I've got like 300 terabytes of, of I've got piles of, these are all five terabyte hard drives. I don't know. Oh my gosh. And, and, and if you, if, if you looked oh, over well, here, they're stacked this tall and, and those damn. are all five and six terabyte drives. Oh, of footage. They're, they're all over the place. And they, so I have, that's one copy. The other copies at my parents' house. Uh, these these are these are footage of you swimming. It, it's footage, no, not of me. It's footage, footage of the shark. I have shot since I went digital. I actually have boxes of tapes and stuff that I shot in other formats, yeah. uh, just in case I want to digitize it at some point. But um, you know, it's it's if if you look, see, I look at at a, a couple things that I'd like to cover with you, and, and that is, um, I believe Please. that if you if you do great things, great things will happen to you, and I'm perfectly proof of that. I mean, look, uh, I, I don't there believe anybody loves sharks more than me. How is it that of the top five places in the world to see sharks in the wild, I discovered three of them? Right, because you are who you are. <laughs> Of different species, and, and uh, I mean, I think that's Mother Nature paying back. You know, uh, I yes. that's exactly what it is. I believe and that. I also, I also believe um, something that a lot of people probably disagree with me, and that is, I believe that all animals, all animals, um, can look at your soul and figure out what type of person you are very quickly. Yes, and if you are a kind person that only does kind things no violence non-confrontational if you're there for the animal rather than for yourself um i believe yep. that the animals know that and they're gonna relax and show you things the animals have a sixth sense with this stuff jim they yeah, sense absolutely. when there's evil they sense when you're kind and, I, I i i'm a, on a lot lesser scale than than yourself since I was a kid, I've always loved animals. Always been good. There are photos of me uh, as a, as, a, as a child, as a kid, with like a wild deer petting it that came up that are scared to death. You ever, you know, you see deer in the wild and from the East Coast originally, they they just run. Um, videos of uh, you know animals, uh, birds at Rocky Mountain National Park that just kind of come over and just land on you. The animals can kind of sense that stuff, and they also know, as you know more than anyone um, from you documented this, they know when there's a threat. And that when there's something bad going on. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of that going around today. That's so sad. I just realized right? I should have probably had a light in front because um, my eyes are in the shadow. You can't even really see my eyes, right? They look good. No, they look good. Okay. No, no. They're good on, on the screen. A light would be better, though. But uh, Yeah, who's in charge of the lights there? Um, he's, he's out to lunch, that guy, you know, he's he, swimming with this, he's well, swimming was what so, he's doing. So excited about going shark diving back to Tiger Beach in a couple of days with yeah. one of my you... best friends. I'm going with, um, a, a huge celebrity in the adventure world. In fact, he's probably the top. I remember at once I, I looked at the top, um, uh, the top at, a and high adventure stunts that people had done. Yeah. And, and out of the top 10, he had three of them. His name is Jeb Corliss, an amazing guy. He's a wingsuit pilot. He's, he's the only guy Damn. that's ever flown through a cave with a wingsuit. 
Oh. He also, uh, uh, he, another one of his is called Grinding the Crack, which is basically a mountain split apart just a little. And, and that crack is like 250 feet tall. And at the top, it's about, you know, 50 feet wide. He flew through it. Oh, no way. No. Nope. In a wingsuit. But then again, Not doing he it. also is the only person, I believe, that's ever impacted Earth at full velocity, 140 miles an hour, in his wingsuit and lived. And oh, he's that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. Oh, yeah. he's crazy. That's awesome. He's no, your buddy? no, actually, he's not crazy. He's he's um, he calculates everything. He's very calm. Oh no, I'm not saying he's insane. And, and, and he loves shark diving. So uh, he and I uh, get along great. He's the brother I wish I had. So you guys are going on this is on this We're trip giving, on Thursday. I, I don't know how many trips he's been on. Uh, it, he's sponsored by GoPro. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, his footage is amazing. Uh, and, and, and he, so you guys are like a perfect duo there hanging out. Well, no, no. Uh, what I do is not high risk. It's no risk at all. In fact, I'd venture to say that I'm probably the safest person on the planet. I mean, all I ever do is hang out with really large predatory sharks and they don't. Right. No, I mean, for, 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 for living your life of just going out there and being, doing oh, what yeah. you love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're very much alike for being able to follow our dreams. That's he what I mean. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. That he would fly, and he does. In so, fact, after they told him he would never walk again, not only does he walk and run, he also flies. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's so, what you want to hear. So he's coming here with his beautiful high-adventure girlfriend, Allie, and uh, I'm just super stoked. You're stoked. You. Yeah, you- yeah, which is one of the best things about all these trips. You know, it's... To me, yeah, the sharks are, Tiger Beach is the best place in the world. Let me tell you why. Please. It's really, really clear water. Okay. You want clear water when you're with sharks, especially if you're a photographer. It's it's, um, shallow. And why would you want shallow? Well, you want to spend extended bottom times. If it's too deep, you only dive once or twice a day. That that, Tiger Beach, one person asked me once, he said, what's the... Um, uh, how many how many dives do you do? I said, well, we're the only boat at Tiger Beach that doesn't count dives. Basically, the pool is open, and at some point, when everyone's done, we we go to sleep. That's uh, the way to do it, right? So the the world record on my boat is I think nine hours and forty minutes, but it was only three dives. Oh, uh, by, wow! By Shen Calazzo. Yeah. If I known that he yeah. wasn't gonna, if I known he wasn't gonna be using his bunk, I would have sold that too. I mean, he wasn't there for the camaraderie. Let me tell you, <laughs> you don't know. No. He was there for the sharks, and, and yeah, you're not there for the camaraderie. Regular on the boat as well. No, I, I don't. I think maybe he has some gills or something. But right, he's assimilating. Know. And and so as getting back to Tiger Beach, though, so yeah. it's, it's really clear. It's really shallow for extended bottom times. And look at the diversity of large, large predatory sharks. You have. The uh, the great hammerhead that grows to the same length as the uh, the great white shark, which is actually the great white shark doesn't have the word great in its name. Only the great hammerhead truly has the word great. And why is it? Well, it grows to seven meters. And yeah, that's in, crazy. In the hammerhead species, which I believe there's around eight, but they keep discovering a new species of hammerhead, um, even still to this day. But if you imagine this, all the other species get along. Hammerheads eat all other sharks, including other hammerheads, which which a little comedy for you. Let's say that, that you're a, 
a male great hammerhead. So just to put you in the right frame of mind, sure. um, the female sharks are generally uh, 25, 30% larger than the males. So what you're looking for, uh, in, in, as far as an attractive female, is you're looking for large. The larger, the better. And The larger, you, the better. The larger, the better. So you're swimming around and you see this big, your hammerhead, and you see this beautiful, big hammerhead. The bigger, the better. And my question is, how do you know if she's hungry or if she's horny? Yeah, <laughs> right? how, do you pull, how do you tell? I, I don't know, but I, I'm glad I'm not a shark because I don't think I'd do very well at this. Because uh, Yeah, two very the opposite ends of the, the spectrum. Largest, so, so the great hammerhead is there. The bull shark is there. The lemon shark is there. The tiger shark is there. And many, many years ago, uh, oceanic white tips were there, which is another species that I found the very best place in the world, which is Cat Island, and have been running trips there ever since. In fact, probably my best trip is the, what I call the best of the Bahamas trips, where we do Tiger Beach for a couple of days. Then we, we cross, we do the, the, the swimming pigs of the Bahamas before we do the, the oceanic white tips with the Duskies and Silkies at Cat Island. And then we come back and, and do the great hammerheads at Bimini. This uh, is all one as trip? Well, as well as the wild dolphins. Yeah, this is one trip. Wow. Ten days. How, how many days does it take you to do this whole quest that ten, you're talking ten, about? Ten days. Well, that's, ten, a good, that's a good time. Trip. I only do no more than three of those a year, um, but it's sure. it's an incredible, you know, in clear water. And the, the terrible thing about it is that sometimes on these beautiful, flat, calm summer days or spring days, we are interrupted with any number of whales, any number, including beaked whales, one of the hardest whales to see, wow. which, of course, you know, size matters in the diving world. If, yeah. If you, if you have oceanic white tips and 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 some some whales show up, you, you're gonna play with the whales for a little while. You'd right? have to. How could you not? And it's legal in the Bahamas, so it's so nice. So so I've swam with eleven species of whales in the Bahamas so far. Wow. Even though it's not known as a whaling destination. I didn't think it was. It's not. It's not. But but, but because it, of where it, you are. But they're, they're called sounds and, you know, the uh, exuma sound. It goes down to like 10,000 feet. Yeah. Uh, the tongue of the ocean goes down to like 10,000 feet in the middle of, of land, you know, which is yeah, it's, the Bahamas is such a beautiful it's place. Beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad to be able to promote the Bahamas because the Bahamian government had the foresight long before the word marine protected zone was even coined. They protected the first underwater park, the land and sea oh, park. I didn't know that. It was the Bahamas. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's perfect for me. I couldn't be with a better country. And now in, in, yeah. in 2011, July 7th, 2011, they protected the entire country's shark population. Wow. It's amazing. You know what I mean? So Love it. I, I think that somebody's watching out for me, and they put me in exactly the place I need to be in order to save sharks. And I that think so. is my life's mission. And and I, I think that the sharks are rewarding me left and right at every opportunity. You know, on that same on that same trip, this is going to be hard to believe, but I'll, I'll post this picture soon on my Instagram page okay. to, to prove it to you. But on that same trip with um, Reggie Nakawi, 
that where where the we named the shark Nikawi. Um, another another shark uh, uh, by by the name of Darcy, a lemon shark. We had eight people massaging one shark at what? the same time. Can you imagine? No way. Can you? I'll post a picture of it because it's too hard to believe. But eight people imagine, all at the same time. Yeah, can you imagine Darcy going back to to her her friends, her her shark friends, not her human yeah. friends? Yeah, Darcy's one of the superstars at Tiger Beach, but and She's she goes back model. to her and she says to she says to her friend, she says, you know, the other day the strangest thing happened. You know, one of those humans started giving me a head massage, and you know how. Oh yeah. And then then it's words going to spread a little better, and I turned around and there were three of them, and and then it just it's it's I don't know how many hands they have, but it's it felt better, and I. I turned around and there were five and then it got even better. And I turned around and there were eight of them and, and she stayed there. That's awesome. Now the, the current and the wind changed and the boat moved and we had to leave the shark. We were there for over 30 oh. minutes. The shark followed us, followed us to where we, so that we can be underneath the boat at all times. Yeah. So and, cool. And we started it back up again, but a lot of the divers are running low on air, but you know, yeah. the, the, wow. the stories that, that, what a time that I have, been able to the the stories that i have that my guests have witnessed um are 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 unbelievable and and you know sometimes i'll come back from a trip right where okay to to try to i'm gonna try to get you into my mindset it's going to be difficult okay imagine I don't know if you've done this. Well, you did. You made friends with a deer. You know how you felt that day? You made friends with a wild animal. And very, very few people on the planet ever experience what it's like to connect with a wild animal. Well, I told you I did that with a nurse shark in Key West that one time I was diving there. Mm -hmm. And and it's very, it's very rare. And the, what happens inside of you is, is hard to describe. It's definitely a life-changing moment. Yeah. So sometimes uh, this has happened, um, and I finally told the bank to stop asking me. I'd come back, and my my what staff you says you need to go do a wire transfer for one of my trips in another country. And and I go to the bank, and I'm just going about my day, and I give them all the information, and they do the wire transfer, and uh, um, they know I I do wildlife encounters, and and they the, the teller looks up at me, and she says. Did you just get back? And I said, yeah. And she says, how was your trip? And immediately, as you can see my face right now, immediately I flash back through these life-changing experiences and I just fall apart in happy tears because how can I describe what it's like to have an animal that is thought of as a vicious, mindless, man-eating monster and projected as something so far away from what it is. And yet I'm having these experiences on a daily basis on every dive. It's, it's, you can see it in Tales by Light, Misunderstood Predators. You know, I love what, what Eric said, and it's so true. It's indescribable, Jim. Yeah. What, what we're experiencing, he said something to the effect of what we're experiencing. Sorry. Big, big. Oh, uh, please. No, it's indescribable. Um, but what he said was what we're experiencing right now underneath Jim's boat is the next chapter in shark, in shark experiences. What we're doing now is we're changing fear into love. 
And that's so powerful. And, and you know, uh, I know... You're going to get me all misty-eyed over I, here. What's that? You're going to get me a little misty-eyed over here. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, but please. It's so powerful. You're inspiring. That I wish there was some way that I could get people to experience it. Although, you know, I do have... Um, I do have, as I pull this out, um, about in 2013, I ventured into, can you see this? I ventured yeah, what into is that? virtual reality goggles. And on this, this is an Oculus Go. Oh, yeah. And, and basically on in here, there's, um, I think, nine countries and 81 different animals. Oh, that, that's that, awesome. What do I get one of those? And, um, and well, when you get one, let me know and I'll send you some files. Oh, hell yeah. Because basically, virtual reality is the best way that I can take people places. Now, several, you know, I have a, a soft heart and, and I always root for the underdog. And uh, some of my best friends are quadriplegics. And so I have two of those. Um, and I just bought a third one just so that I can take them places. And in virtual reality, um, it, a lot of people, including myself, cannot separate the fact that they are not there. It, it, it's, it's hard to believe. Oh, like, yeah, I can't like, do like that either. Wild, I get lost. Dolphin, yeah, with these wild dolphin encounters. And, and yeah. I, I put, you know, the best example, one of, one of my best uh, friends is in a restaurant and i put the goggles on and and um and it, it, they're on the bow of my boat i said look around look around they look around and it's flat calm it's beautiful i said do you hear anything he said yeah i hear squeaking i said look down i said there's dolphins underneath the bow and then and then it goes to the back of the boat and and you can't see the camera so it, it no it yeah looks like there's somebody else filming me but you never see the camera or anything. Right. So I, I get into the water to have this wild dolphin encounter. And at the restaurant, as I submerge in the water, the my friend stands up and goes <gasps> to take a breath because he his brain thought he was going underwater. Right. Yeah. And it's so it happens with those things. It's awesome. Yeah, it does. It's hard to realize that you're not really there. So I take that's, that's awesome you do that with your friends. One of the cancer kids hospital in South Africa uses my dolphin uh, VR oh, so wow. that, that GoPro made for me um to um GoPro's been very good to me. Um, good. They they uh, uh they used to edit all my they give me the, the cameras to use, send their team out on the boat and then it's very in those days, you know, 16 cameras, eight cameras. They finally got down to just one camera with two lens or two cameras with that's put together. It's come a long ways, uh, but virtual reality is amazing. And I'm so glad that I got into it very early because I'm in a three dimensional world. You know, it's yeah, I, I never would have pegged you to be into virtual reality because you're always living and doing something extraordinary it's you know but to 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 share that with people and your experience well, there's, is pretty there's, cool. um, uh, there's something else that i do that's really um i would say uh, i would say of all the things that i do it's probably the wildest and that is um i'm a ultralight pilot and i fly a boat well what do you mean you fly a boat what does that mean uh, in other words um, like a seaplane? Uh, in 1997, I, I bought um, a two-person um, rigid hull inflatable, so 12-foot boat okay. with a 36-foot hang glider wing. It, 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 it's probably on my YouTube channel. Yeah, um, that's what I'm looking for. 
Okay, and and uh, it, uh, it's 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 called the overseer. Oh, these things. Yeah, yeah. Do you see it? Yeah, see it? yeah. And and uh, um, and this is the one of the. I believe it'll be the opening scene in my story of my life with sharks. Um, uh, the movie that I'm working on right now with the brilliant producer Greg Wilson, and and uh, I believe it'll be the opening scene because I just happen to have one of oh, my. Oh, really? That's cool. Friends. Paul Nicklin from Sea Legacy. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I've heard of him. I don't know him. Okay, well, he's one of my best friends as well. And he happened to be in town visiting me. And I so I called one of my friends and said, hey, uh, quick, can you take my friend Paul Nicklin up in the helicopter so he yeah. can film me while I'm in the flying boat? And I'm above 10,000 sharks. And, no and, and flipping the wing from wow. wingtip to wingtip just above the water while he's Damn. filming me. And I have 10 GoPros on the wing. And what a shot! Team, That's an expensive setup. Well, uh, it's it's one. It's exactly what you need. That's amazing. If, if you're going to do something like this, you know it's worthwhile. You got to you got to do it right. Have you, you've seen the footage of this? Yeah, I have it. How's how's it look? Pretty pretty amazing, I bet. Do you see it on on my channel? Is it there? I, I didn't see that video yet. I didn't want to search around uh, on the air. Uh, well, it's it's uh, well, I'll, I'll post something soon on my Instagram page. Yeah, I love. I, that's amazing. That's cool. It, it's it's uh, it's really. Uh, you know, I bought it just for a photography platform so that I could do more more shows because yeah. the cost basically a helicopter for an hour is seven hundred and fifty dollars. I think with a three hour minimum or something, and yeah. and I can give them the flying boat like I did for National Geographic. I gave them the flying boat for sixteen days, just seven fifty a day. And and uh, and flew all over the Bahamas with it with Brian Scary when uh, back years ago when we did a, um, a I think he did like an eighteen or twenty two page article on on sharks but Paul Nicklin oh, cool. actually got me into National Geographic and they've been my stock agent uh, ever since uh, I became friends with him which is I'm so grateful because that's you know, amazing it helps it really that's, does that, help. that's amazing that's what we want to hear um, yeah yeah and Paul Nicklin's a, class act and and his uh beautiful uh extremely hardcore conservationist girlfriend christina mittenmeyer is yeah. also uh and that whole sea legacy uh team you know that's trying to protect our oceans is is tremendous uh, you know and they've got a huge platform and they're doing amazing things there's so many people yeah, they that do. are, are doing amazing amazing conservation efforts i'm i'm so happy that i'm um dialed in with the majority of them and adding new ones all the time in fact it, it just today i was i was uh, right. with the vegan uh race car driver that stars in racing extinction um I don't know how to pronounce her name yet, but I, I, I'm just talking with her on through Instagram. I know I'm going to meet her soon because she's on the board of Oceanic Preservation Society. Louis Sequoias, Racing Extinction, that also did the 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 Cove. Um, yeah, of course. And, and these are these are game. Oh, and he did Game Changer. Uh, it is, and it's 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 really cool to see that you're plugged into all these little groups because you're already on that grid of you know of people involved in that whole circle. So you're already plugged in on, and on the map with stuff so your whole circle of you know people you associate with are, are cool from uh you know all over all over these groups so many organizations the nice thing about that uh, for me it's necessary um fortunately i love people 
So, yeah. and, and right. when I find, when I find uh, uh, hardcore conservationists that are also trying to save the world, uh, like Adam Sigalski and Nicole from One Protest, um, you know, you can't help yes. but to, now Adam, Adam and Nicole um, helped me do something during the pandemic that I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do. And that is- What's that? Um, uh, to experience, um, uh, w- w- I was the photographer for animal. Um, what's, what's, I was the photography for um, Animal Legal Defense Fund. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And Farm Sanctuary. I photographed an illegal slaughterhouse being shut down with over a hundred animals. And and I think know, I've my, seen my, that video, Jim. Yeah, it's. I follow it's, those Gabriel, groups and stuff. Gabriel, I've donated to them. Yeah, Gabriel the pig. Yeah, they're a wonderful foundation. But I got this job because of Adam. He called me and said, "Jim, you you can I really you filmed it? Uh, yeah, I filmed so cool. Gabriel the pig. But but, but basically, yeah. I went there. You know, I am vegan. Okay, and yeah. I I hope everyone is considering uh, eating less animals because of that. Because it's you have to, you have to. But. I, I went there. I, I said yes because, well, one, I, I wasn't able to make any money during the pandemic through my business. We were shut down. Worldwide travel shut down. So so yeah. basically he called me and he said, Jim, do you want this job? And even though it you know wasn't my regular pay, I wanted the job because I wanted to see what I was helping, right? Because I was part of, of the problem for them. So I went there with Nicole um, not knowing what to expect. And as a photographer in my photography, cinematography mode, um, I thought, by the way, I just won an Emmy two weeks ago, which is, which is so great. I haven't even announced it on my Instagram because I want to have it in my hand, but thanks. Yeah. yeah congratulations. Uh, too. Waters, a turtle's tail, a film I worked for with a brilliant producer, Rory Fielding. Um, uh, we just celebrated the other night, but regardless, this, this, congratulations at this, uh, thank you at this, um, well, I'm telling you so many things that no, no one else knows. I don't know why I'm it's doing the that. podcastle. It's Clark the shark here. First look, <laughs> better guess. so, so basically what, what happened was, um, I, I hung up the phone with Adam Sigalski at one protest and I started thinking about this, Oof, this, like, this could give me nightmares. Cause I have nightmares. I watch nothing scary. Nothing. Yeah, right. Me too. I, I will dream at night and and wake up in a sweat. So so I I was a little concerned about that, and I said, just focus. Get the happy story. Get the happy story. There's got to be a happy story here. We're rescuing over a hundred animals from uh, like six different beautiful sanctuaries. And when I went in there, I'm thinking I need the story. And if you're going to take pictures, are you going to? And I, and I I'm well equipped, so I've got I can take pictures. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Video. And, and I, I, at first I thought I'm going to shoot video because video tells a better story than pictures do most of the time. But right. I quickly realized that, that all the animals in this illegal slaughterhouse in Fort Myers, all the animals were uh, so afraid because they could see the slaughterhouse. They'd seen their brothers and sisters oh. and parents slaughtered. And so I couldn't get an animal close enough to film it. It would no. run away. They're so I switched back to the, to the lens, the long lens. And partially through the day, um, Nicole yells, hey, there's a pig here. We need a we need a, a doctor, a vet. It's dying. It may even be dead. And I thought, oh, this is my story. I grabbed the video camera and I go back and I go back. And it's as if, you know, this this story is so good. Uh, so I go back there. There's there's 
people, angels from above, these sanctuary owners, they are truly angels from above. Yeah, and I, I go back there and I see this Amazing. pig that's lying in its excrement and piss and, and covered Poor in flies. And I thought, it's already dead. And, and they picked it up with almost uh, no, they picked it up to put a harness underneath it. It's a pretty big pig. And, and it, it tried to get away because it probably thought its, its day was at zero. And it was about to be killed. And they carried it off Jeez. and they put it inside this trailer. And uh, and I went on to I went on to to film other animals. And I'm looking at this field. And I said to Nicole, I said, "What what kind of animals am I looking at? I don't recognize them." And she said, "She said they're they're goats and sheep." And I said, "Where are their ears? Those are dog treats. This is so horrific." So anyway, getting back to yeah, yeah, it's hard to imagine this kind of brutality. But anyway, I go wow. back and I see the door to this big trailer is open, right? And and I and I, I go back. This was life changing. Just I'm yeah. trying to do my best to describe what's in this this. Video. I'm there with you. I'm I'm visualizing so, it. So so I I, I peek my head in this long uh, trailer, and the the back of the trailer was stacked high with birds, uh, turkeys. Oh uh, shit roosters and they were in the same vicinity as as this pig that would later be named gabriel but let me let me tell you what happens so yeah, i please stick my, i stick my head in the door and i've got a gimbaled camera and and i and, and i'm and i'm filming and i see a woman and to these two women and they're they're loving on this extremely dirty pig they're 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 giving it love and affection it's covered in bags of ice and I, I asked the obvious question, what's all the ice for? And he said, well, pigs can't cool themselves down. And when they're stressed out oh. and this pig thought it was going to die, its temperature went up to 108. It's literally burning up. And, 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 and I, I'm just, I just feel so bad for what this pig has gone through. And, 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 I, and I learned that the, the vet who's there, one of the women, uh, the vet is – um, she's going to stay in the trailer because she's worried that the pig is going to die. And at this point, all of a sudden, the pig stands up. It's, it's like four feet from me. And, and the two women are right next to it. The pig stands up. All the ice falls off. And the, and the pig backs up a little bit and, and looks around and looks around at the two women and looks around and it sees all the animals in the back of the trailer. And it walks back to the back of the trailer like an inspector checking to see the product. It looked at each, at each cage. These were the animals that it knew. Wow. They, they, I think oh, they, and, and when the pig turned around, wow, look, I'm getting emotional. He gets it. But he, the, this the animal gets around, it. When the pig turned around, you could see oh it was smiling. That was the moment that it knew wow. that these people are saving us. And the pig walked over to one of my best friends now uh, from Yes I Can Sanctuary, uh, Carly and, and Carla. And Carla, uh, the pig walked over to Carla and now it's two feet from me and laid down on her lap. Oh my gosh. And I, I can see that the pig oh, is smiling and she's so close that I had to pan up and down to, so that you could see Carla in full happy tears and the pig crying and happy as well. It was such a happy moment. That is so incredible. I, 
And, and right at that time, I said, we need to name this pig. And somebody from outside said, name it Gabriel after the angel. Yeah, that's and perfect. Gabriel, and that's I talked to them long enough that they could tell that, that you know, I'm, I'm trying to do good things here. So that night, the the vet called me at, at, at like midnight and said, yeah. hey, Jim, I just want to let you know that Gabriel is is in our our uh, hospital, animal hospital, and, and uh, I'm going to keep you updated. And she called me, you know, uh, at least once a day to get tell me how Gabriel was. And, Good. And Carla uh, called me, and I spoke to the people at Animal Legal Defensive Fund, and they said, go get the rest of the story. So I went and got... Oh. Two more visits to Yes, I Can Sanctuary. Let me tell you the difference. Car Carla gave me a little bit of a warning um, as, as I was coming into a my first sanctuary. Okay. Animal okay. sanctuary, farm animal sanctuary is what it is. Um, and, and, and she said, by the way, all the animals here, you know, they're expecting you to love them. <laughs> I had no idea what she meant. Yeah. I was swarmed by all these really happy animals, oh. and, uh, you know, and, and uh, it was so nice. Wow, she, that's so touching. she walked me around the property for a few hours or with her husband, showing me all these animals, telling me the story behind them. And at one point, and I'm there, I, because I, I, you know, I'm eccentric. I carry a lot of cameras and I, I use a bicycle trailer to put all my cameras in. So I don't have to keep going back to the car to switch cameras. And yeah. One point, I, I look out into this field, and and uh, and she says, "Do you do you want to go meet the cows?" And I said, "Wow, it's been one of my dreams to actually make friends with a cow." Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm getting emotional again. Oh but no, I, no, please. I walk, I walk uh, out there with, and I leave my trailer with. Okay. You know, there's basically forty grand in the trailer. And this little bicycle. Yeah, trailer. you got a lot of I, good I walk, stuff. I walk out there, and 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 she introduces me to Gus and Theo, these two cows. They're about one year old. And when we got inside the fence, she called them Gus, Theo, and they and they they walk over to us. And I I sat and you know I'm just following what Carla said to do. I sat down on the ground, and the cow laid down on the ground and put its head in my lap while I'm rubbing it. Life-changing moment. Oh my and, gosh! And at this point, yeah, how could it not be? All of a sudden, Carla starts yelling and screaming. Oh my god! Oh my god! She's and she's running back to my trailer, and these two goats. I'm sorry, a goat, um, um, and a pig, Milo, and I don't remember the name of the goat, but these uh, jumped into my cart. They thought that was their new toy, and you know I don't really oh. care. Cameras are all insured. I, I I just stayed there with the cow while she was freaking out. But you know, it's what it's a great a, attitude to have. And and I uh, wish everybody could hear that story you just did. And you people can watch the videos, obviously. But to hear you explain it, just to everybody to understand it, there that every animal does have a soul, and that they do have you know emotion, and they sense fear, and they feel anger, and they feel shame, and they feel sadness at some of these horrible places. Uh, you know, where, where they're turned into other other things that they shouldn't be. And I wish everybody could hear the story you just told me, Jim. I became vegan uh, for my health. Um, But the learning process, especially, wow, if if you want to change your life in a positive way, find the closest sanctuary. These, these people that own these sanctuaries like Carla and her husband at Yes, I Can. And I visited other ones. There were, I think six, five or six different 
sanctuaries. They're, they're, they're all the same. These are angels from above that are taking care of every animal as if it was a family member. And, and it's, it's, it's a life-changing, a, a very addictive thing to help animals. And if you, if you truly oh, yeah. love animals, eat plants. You, you, I mean, you, you can't look at, at your breakfast that's smiling at you. And, and you know, no. um, now I you're a hypocrite. Be, if you are, uh, if you say love a, animals and um, you eat meat, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. I happen right? to be a, a, a publisher and an author. I have three books, all of which have won awards. And one of them, the, the, the uh, with my coast, my co-author, uh, Jen Nolan, and some books she writes entirely on her own and the pictures are all mine, but we, she came up with this beautiful idea on one book. I was just looking around to see if I had, oh, I have it. I have it. Um, We're going to show a clip too of the book. Here's a clip. It just so happens that one of my, I don't know if you can see this. Can you, can you see it? How do I, how do I make you go back a little bit towards you right there? Yeah. So this is the secret. I can't, this is the secret of Pig Island, and this is the brainchild of my what an adorable uh, my, little pig. My business uh, partner Jen Nolan, who's on the board of Oceanic Preservation Society, and this is Plato. And if you were to Plato, this, this is a a planet conservation book. Plato, who speaks English and in rhyme, he his basically this the story in here is that um plato as a baby grows up and er, he's growing up and he realizes the island's very messy so he teaches all the pigs to take care of their only island their only home and and over oh, a period wow. of time he learns about another animal that's very piggy that would be humans and they're very greedy so he starts the secret of pig island which is that there's treasure on the island and they and the 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 uh, other he lures a, a human to the island and the the um, and to teach him that we only have one island, we only have one home, and we better take better care of it, which is you know a wonderful ain't that the uh, truth? Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful. There you go. Wow, you see it there. Oh, and that's Plato swimming in the water over to the right. Oh, you know that that picture you just uh, I think you just blew up the one um, that one on the right. That's that picture. This is me with Plato after a look photo. at this shot. This yeah. is so much that, fun. Isn't that amazing? They love you. That's amazing. Where's Pig yeah. Island, Jim? When are we going? Pig Island is in the Exumas. By the way, it's on the the uh, the ten day trip, the best of the Bahamas. We stop at Pig Island twice. Jim, real um, quick, where can we? Get where can we book this ten day trip? Where can I get on this as soon as possible? Uh, uh, www.scuba-adventures.com or direct message me on Instagram with your email address and I'll send you more information. Scuba-scuba-adventures.com. Uh, uh, wow, wow, this actually sells images. Yeah, oh, I hope you're getting. I hope you're getting a chunk of change. Uh, well, this Getty is is National Geographic, which is now Disney. Yes, and they, they pay me, so that's good. They should. These are all pictures from this and, and experience. This is Plato swimming around there in the upper right. See, little baby. Pig oh, Plato. look at oh. how cute. Is she adorable? Oh, my God. She's adorable. She, she's adorable. And fortunately, I happen to be there with Eric Chang. And, and uh, uh, you know, and we found baby pigs and, you know, baby anything. I'm going to take thousands of pictures. And thank God. Oh, and, and Any baby this, animal is cute. Yeah, and how this thing came about was that, um, you know, I, I am uh, what is known as a, um, what is it called? A, 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 I only sleep four or five hours 
at night. And so I wake up really early and I'm up really late and I try to talk yeah, to my too. friends in Europe. I try to talk to my friends in Europe early in the morning while my friends in the United States are still waking up. And then late at night, I, I talk to friends in Australia and other places. Like You're that. living the but, dream, my friend. So, so, um, uh, and, and Jen Nolan, clearly one of my best friends, a, a hardcore conservationist. And she, uh, I'm not allowed to call her before like nine 30. Okay. When then, and right after She's the sleeping. BP oil spill happened, uh, oh, one, one morning at like five o'clock or real early in the morning, my phone rings. Right. And, and I look, it's Jen Nolan. I, I think somebody's died. Right. Why would she call me at five o'clock? I said, Jen, are you yeah. okay? Are you all right? And she said, Jim, um, I'm glad you're awake. Um, I wrote a book last night. I'm hoping you have more pictures of the, she basically what had happened was she couldn't sleep because she was so upset about the oil spill. So she, she went down to her kitchen so she wouldn't wake up her wonderful husband or any of her kids. And, and she has four amazing boys and, and, and she goes downstairs and she's there just really upset. And she looks up on the wall. And when she was on there as a guest of blue, uh, what's it called uh blue voice another nonprofit. blue voice lots of nonprofits use my company to to help their fundraising right so yeah they do there and while she was on the boat that's where i met jen nolan and while she's on the boat she she said jim do you have any other images because my boat's decorated with images and i said yeah and she looked through them and she bought that image and it was in her kitchen and she looked up and she came up with that idea of the secret of pig island and wrote the whole book oh it inspired her to do that yeah, just like that because of the BP. That's oil. an amazing thing. You take something negative that's offend, that's upsetting you, and you you turn that energy into something positive, and there you go. What do you and do? That's what we need to do. That's, that's what, exactly what we need to do. Now, right now, we are really upset about a number of things. You know, the pandemic is is. I'm most upset about happen. animals being killed for bullshit reasons and people being terrible at doing that is what i'm upset unnecessary about unnecessary slaughters the, yes the, the unnecessary slaughters in japan uh hundreds of millions of sharks killed a year there's the sanctuaries and by the way that, and whales and, and whales and dolphins and all kinds of marine life they're in peril right now and to speak to jim's effect for everybody listening i don't need to tell you that the sanctuaries he's visiting are a few of a of thousands of them there's there's there's, there's so less, many of them they can't handle all the need Less than 4% of our oceans are protected. In the United States, 4%. Uh, 4, 14% of our of our land is protected. We need to protect what does that tell you? 30%. Uh, but, you know, um, you just said Japan. And, and it's hard for me to talk about other countries when the United States is ranked the seventh worst shark-killing nation for shark fin industry. We, yeah, we are one of the worst countries there is. And my state, Florida, is the worst state. Uh, so, you know, in Florida, um, we just banned the shark fin trade, but we're still allowed to kill sharks for the shark fin industry. Yeah, how does that work, Jim? That's kind of like saying you can't drive a car on the road that has so much uh, pollution, but you can still run it in the driveway and let it Well, the air. How does that work? Um, it's, it's, it's way better than what it was prior, but basically yes. the shark True. fin industry is not allowed to use Florida as a hub. Now, presently, a bunch of the U S states, uh, I don't, 
I don't know exactly how many now, I guess it's around 15 or so, have already banned the shark fin trade. Yeah. And, and um, what that did was it moved Miami as the hub for getting fins out of South America and Central America over to where they're going, Asia. So you're not allowed to move the fins through the country, but we're still allowing our our shark commercial shark fishing industry to slaughter sharks in Florida. Yeah, you're just taking a little detour. It's wrong. It's just wrong. And How do we stop we that? Who, who's who do we? Well, the we vote, right? Uh, I mean, we would have already fixed it if it wasn't for Marco Rubio. Yeah, because your your governor signed this legislation a few months back, right? Yeah, he signed it, but he. Put in a loophole so that with a fisherman wouldn't be out of work. They bring in, I, I think it's like 160,000, and the shark diving industry in Florida brings in 330 million. So, from an economical point of view alone, why should we kill the product for a sustainable industry? It just doesn't make sense. If we don't switch to ecotourism, and, and soon for every every animal has a price on its head. You know, I just read that yesterday that six rangers were killed in Varonga National Park. Oh my God! I read that Here too. They and they lost twelve just a, a little while ago. These are young guys protecting gorillas. It's yeah, so they're bad. risking their lives because they care about it. By the way, too, people need to understand. There's no, especially with like you know horns and tusks. There's no medicinal. Uh, value of these. These are all old adage, century old culture, uh, cultural um, beliefs. And what Jim said to your point about ecotourism is uh, that has to be the way of the future and it has to happen yesterday. Um, money equals votes, as you know, and that's why a lot of politicians are saying, we're going to do this, this, and this, but we're going to, you know, my constituents work, uh, they're fishermen, so we're not going to do it. And that's just not like good enough anymore. Well, the, the best example that I've helped with in my life was when I discovered the largest aggregation of whale sharks in the world about 15, 16 years ago. And Tell me about that. Which is in Isla Mujeres, Mexico, over 500 on some days. And on some That's years, we are blessed with thousands of manta rays at the same time. Oh. It's, it's by, by sheer pounds, it's the largest aggregation of animals in weight anywhere in the world, far bigger than Africa. Where's this, Jim? Uh, this is in Isla Mujeres, Mexico, a little tiny island. That's where I base my operation from. A little tiny island off the coast of Cancun. And I go there for the peak of the season because I know when it is. I have it booked three years out um, uh, because it's it's incredible. And for me, it's such an opportunity because you don't even know how to, have to know how to swim. You float on the surface and the world's largest fish swims by. Yeah, yeah, how are you not on board for that, people? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, so Sign me up. My, some of my very well-off clients, like Richard Branson, um, he actually moved his airline there for a few years and, 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 and you know, brought his no friends down there. Yeah, yeah. And That's amazing. A lot of the nonprofits, some of the nonprofits use our, our company as a fundraiser um, and, and, and have been doing it for years. My, one of my favorites is Wild Aid. Which is basically yeah, they're great. a nonprofit I know that's de that's that's uh, killing the demand for animals and uh, yeah, so movers and shakers. One of their um, marine life guides for, for like fifteen years now, or so. I don't know how long. It's been a long time though, and yeah. I love it. It's so it's so. They all love you too. All of these groups. I've spoken to some people. They've been on the show before. 
everybody loves Jim Abernethy. Everybody. They all know you. You're, you're such like a... I mean, I, I love you. I think you're you're great. But what's so amazing about you and your life and the work you do is all of these people that love animals, more specifically in these groups, love ocean life and, and sustainable uh, the ecosystems, they all look at you as like you're the, you're the guy you know that's an amazing i don't that's an amazing thing to to probably feel in your life you know i i feel very very blessed you know what i always tell people is that if if it wasn't for really great luck i don't think i'd have any at all because it seems like every time i turn around like right right now in this i have a four bedroom large house in north palm beach and uh last year a person from vegan outreach Okay, I didn't know she worked for Vegan Outreach, but she she contacted me because I posted that this weekend I'm going to be teaching people how to make supermodels with a, a, a fish that grows up to 800 pounds, the Goliath grouper. Her name's Lana Smithson. So I met her yeah. and she's on the boat and I gave the briefing and I said, are you ready? Because in five minutes, there's going to be a 500 pound Goliath grouper in your lap. And she said, no, no. Well, there was no you know, because I, I know how to find the animals that will interact. And, and, and I teach this everywhere I go. And, you know, it's uh, once you get into the mindset of the animal and you know how they work, you can work with them in a lot more effective way. In other words, you have to get out of your own mindset that this is your encounter and to have this with you. It's, it's, it's all about the animal and, and having the encounter. Like, like uh, a while back, I was in the Bahamas. We did wild dolphin encounters as well. Completely non-fed, you know, wonderful. And several times I've had a mom, uh, uh, dolphin by the name of Caicos push her newborn baby still deformed into my arms. Oh, wow. Talk about life changing. Talk about, yeah, exactly. These are all sentient creatures. It kills me. We kill over a hundred thousand dolphins a year. We, we, we rip them away from their families and put them in concrete tanks. And for what we have to, for entertainment, their life of misery is so that we can look at them one day in our life. Yeah, well, that makes it, sense. And even in a thousand years from now, will that may, may ever make any freaking sense that we did that for entertainment? No. The answer is no. no. Yeah. No, well, well, it depends on, on what you're here for. If you're here to make money, yeah. See, world, they're there's, making There's better ways money. to make money. If, you, if, you're, if you're making money at the expense of I'm ripping baby dolphins away, you're doing it wrong exploiting animals you're and, doing it wrong and the, the the dolphins as louis sequoias from the film the cove expo exposes yeah. is that all these dolphins die all their family members die that's how they catch them so that you can watch the strongest one and the strongest one is usually on some kind of uh of sedative because they're so they're so strong stressed from being yeah. in, a, in a jail we you are know, one of the smartest animals in the world. Egg. Like they're, yeah. they're so smart. You're, you're, it's basically like being ripped away from your parents as a kid and kept in a cage for your yeah. whole life. And it's, what's, it's, what's amazing is, you know, the, the orca that, that, um, you know, uh, killed a couple of the trainers. Yeah. And we're thinking how barbaric that this animal, wait, wait, we ripped what it away from his family and stuck it in a concrete tank for life. 
while we feed it all kinds of drugs so that it can somehow cope with the barbaric conditions that we put it in, it's not right. Yeah, what would you do? If you locked me up for a week, I'd start taking out people close to me. I, I, the, the well, abuse. Look, look, we're in the pandemic. We couldn't even handle that, right? We, Everyone, can't, we can't even handle that. No, three months no. in, we're losing our damn minds. Now, to show you how bad it is, the longest living captive animal from the wild happens to be in my state down in miami i think it's like 55 years it's so bad jim you know what the life of this orca is she lays on the bottom of the tank and comes up to perform three times a day for a few pieces of fish life i bet if, if she could commit suicide she would in a second and i don't need to tell jim but other people need to know the range of an orca that they need to survive and flourish would be like uh putting um you uh in a bathtub for the rest of your life and that's it that's where you could move around you need space and outdoors and to travel and you need company and you need family they're they're communal animals it'd be like being in a bathtub you know one of the the uh i just touched on this and that is that the goliath grouper yeah fish, fish have feelings too hell yeah and and uh fish are the most exploited animal on the planet. I mean, if you compare it, agricultural animals, we kill 70 billion animals a year, but we kill 140 um, billion pounds of fish a year. Yeah, they're not vegetables. And a lot of it is is uh, bycatch. We don't even use it, and which is sad. You know what the largest consumer of fish is on the planet? What animal? You would think it's humans, right? I would say humans. No, it's cows. Really? They're hauling yeah. in for the cows? Cows don't eat cows, fish. Cows are herbivores. They don't eat fish. They don't eat fish. Oh, look at that. They're so beautiful. I fish. just want to give the uh, the viewers that are, might be watching this later on Roku or YouTube, this is uh, a Goliath grouper. They're actually massive beasts. And, and it's they're good, amazing they're, animals. They're a critically endangered animal. They're, they're critically protected. endangered. Yeah, and and uh, right now, they, they have, like all large animals... Um, like all large animals, they are uh, filled with mercury, a, a poison that you can pass on to your children. One of the few poisons that goes through the membrane. That it's so it's so sad. So you can't eat them. It's against the law to sell any animal that has over one part per million in mercury, and these are at three point five parts per million. Yet we still. Uh, so uh, the next campaign, which may be this year. Uh, is my fourth campaign to protect the Goliath grouper. I mean, why do we want to kill it? Well, I'm on board we, with that we campaign. Love trophy pictures. Look, there's some of them there with some, um, be, you know, such a beautiful, gentle giant. And They're beautiful. When I worked on the IMAX film with the brilliant producer Howard and Michelle Hall, um, the star of the show there. I was the, you know, basically the animal person um, setting up shots for. Oh the yeah. Film. And and uh, there's uh, there was a, a, a hundred pound black grouper that actually has three scenes in, cool. this, in this IMAX film. And at one point, uh, it, just to, to show you the sentient side of, uh, I I called this black grouper Buddy because he was always uh, Buddy. very close to me. And and uh, but the IMAX crew renamed him Max because we spent eight days to get these three scenes. Okay. Because the film, the camera only films for three minutes, and then you have to change the film, which takes forty-five. Minutes. Because the camera cost one hundred seventeen thousand dollars, and they filmed no eighty-eight thousand no, th- frames no, per second. No, no, you're 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 way off on the price. 
it's it's about I think it's like fifteen thousand dollars per second when you're rolling. <laughs> okay, it's the the camera is is unbelievably expensive. It's crazy in a large format. But anyway, it's a it's a two thousand twenty five pound housing. It's the team uh, from oh, the one of those guys. Howard's uh, IMAX. Group, oh, that old thing. There were twenty four people in the water, all with underwater communication. Amazing. But but let me tell you what happened. So we Please. we we're probably sick and tired of Max because we've been with him for eight days. We want to go to the next animal, right? And and we're we're all done. And Howard announces that we're going to go to the next scene. We're 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 ready to go to the next scene. And this temporary mooring that I'd put in for the boat that we were using. American fishing boat comes in and casts a line. One of the crew comes over to me and says, they're, they're fishing for Max. And, and, and I look over right as the line goes tight and, you know, Max is the biggest fish down there and, and, and they're, they, they've caught Max and they're reeling it in. And, 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 um, uh, somehow the, the line broke. So, which means that the fisherman, the smart fisherman is going to put a wire leader on it because the fish is too big and put it back down. I throw on my tank along with like five or six other people, including Howard Hall's, uh, wife. Um, and, I, I jump in the water and I swim towards Max while I'm still putting on my thing. And right as I get within, you know, 200 feet, which means I can see Max, um, I see another big piece of fish come down with the hook on it. And Max comes out from the, ra- the rock and, and, eats, and eats the fish and, and goes and immediately feels the stress and goes underneath the rock. And I, I get over there without a knife and I take the rope while they're trying to reel it in. And I, I shave it on the coral reef and cut it. No okay? way. You're and, like Aquaman. You know, we're, not, we're not, we're not to the no way yet. Let me, let me tell you what happens. Um, and, and so, so, um, the, and then I went over to the mooring with one of the, the other people's, uh, one of the, the film crew's knife and I cut my mooring. So now the boat is adrift. So they can't, they can't. And I, I turned back yeah. around. There's like five of us, uh, there. And Michelle Hall, Howard's wife, is there. And, and the, the Max comes out. He's got a hook through his lip. He's got a hook through his, what I would call his tongue. And Max looks around at all the people and, and looks over at me and comes over and opens his mouth wide. And, and, and I reach in and get the one out of his tongue first. And Max is bleeding. Okay. And Max goes back into the hole within a couple minutes. Max comes right back over to me, comes back over to me. And I get the other hook out of the lip. Oh my gosh. Perfect. He Perfect. trusts I, you. I get back. Oh yeah. You know, I've been with Max. For what years. an experience Max, though. So he just got his... we get back up on the, on the boat and yeah. explain and, and, and Howard says, well, now we've got great karma. The film's going to be a tremendous success. Oh and yeah! Was, oh yeah! Yeah. So the karma on your side already before this happened was yeah. already pretty good. Max is still there today on our dive. Really? I was going to ask: Have you seen Max since you've? Yeah, since that yeah. time. Oh, absolutely! It, it's it's incredible. Some of these these wow. things, you know, like Emma's had four hooks removed. Four. That's a sin that there's that many it, hooks in it, these animals. It's so sad. But let me tell you the good news. Please. The, the, the three trips ago, there were two sharks with hooks and I got one of those out and now there's only one shark with a hook. And I hope to get that out with Jeb on this trip that I, oh, that's amazing. You got to film it. 
You got to document that final hook. It takes one hand to give the love and affection. Yeah, you can. The other hand to to get the hook out. I so. I'll I'll come down. I'll fly down. No, I've got um, another wonderful uh, conservation uh, Shira from Respect the Fin, which I I I love. I love her. Yeah. So this the wrong way, but I, I'm dreading the next time she's on the boat because she's been on the on three trips with me, and every time I've removed a hook. So you know, before she, Jim, I just signed up for another trip. You, you know, you you got one. I'm expecting you to get another one. And and uh, and yeah. so far, I've been three for three. But you know, how, you got to be four for four. You can't let her down. <laughs> it's not. It's not easy. So no, uh, no, it's not. Uh, and, 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 that's amazing. You do that. There's another, there's another thing which I'm sure your your viewers would love. Love this this little thing. Um, you know, these sharks are act in many ways just like dogs. And if you have a dog, you know how you come home with something new. The dog thinks it's it's his. Right. right of course. That's how the sharks are with us. So so far, um, I don't count GoPros, um, but. You know these these uh, um, these big SLR cameras like this. This one doesn't have lights on it. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those but, are cool. Uh, these big SLR uh, cameras. Um, I only count those, and so far, seventy-four of them have been taken away, <laughs> taken away oh my um, by tiger sharks. And some of them have even taken pictures after they take it away, and they they basically run away and they and they drop it, and other tiger sharks take it. All the tiger sharks leave with it when it happens. What do they it's do very, with it? Just like very very common if you're insured. Okay, what do they now, do with the camera they just swim around with it um yeah they're it's a new chew toy right and it's hilarious and, uh the the interesting thing is that at, during one of these times um i had george schellinger from this is your ocean sharks he was there to film me removing a hook okay yeah. so basically when the shark comes in and it starts to act like it's stalling like a plane and that's when i pull it up to my face repeatedly repeatedly until i can figure out mentally how to get the hook out and while this is happening okay i've got the camera in my big camera in my other hand and and i i i look over and i tell him it's going to happen now i put my camera down to get this hook out of a lemon shark and emma comes in and steals my camera oh, the whole no. film crew goes over to film emma stealing my camera yeah again. and <laughs> and uh it's hilarious that's hilarious how could you not i get the hook out and nobody filmed it. See, it's like that's exactly what you said. It's like a dog. You come home with something new. They're playing yeah, with it. They want to play. They want to chew on it. Yeah, it's it's now they just uh, bite it and drop it and carry it away and drop it and bite it. And uh, it's uh, w- w- the most recent camera, which is by the way the only one I didn't get back. So seventy four cameras taken. <laughs> um, uh, only nineteen of them are mine. So the rest are my guests. So have insurance before you come with. Get them. some insurance. Um, and don't don't put your camera down because they're they're going to no. take it, right? Uh, and they're very playful. But the the uh, two of the cameras were not returned, and one of them was mine. And uh, the and actually a professional <laughs> photographer on the boat, his wife gave him a housing for his phone. Unfortunately, he was oh. using this stupid phone housing rather than a professional camera, and he filmed the tiger shark come up. And it was a brand new uh, 4K camera with uh, four 15,000 lumen lights. Oh it's a man, lot that's crazy! It's a lot of money. And yeah. and uh, and basically, uh, she came right up to me, and it was brand new camera. It was you know second day in the water, and second day with the housing, second day with the lights, and and uh, 
I'm filming and, 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 I'm, and I'm thinking, wow, this looks great. I'm looking at the screen. It looks great. It looks great. And then all I see is the throat and I look up and the teeth are coming over and, and the teeth came down in a place that they were stopped by the lights on the bottom and the top yeah. four lights. So I continue to hold on to it. Yeah, and, of course. And the, and the shark swims away with me. I'll post it on my Instagram soon. Oh, I got to see it. That's it's amazing. Hilarious. That's it's hilarious. hilarious. I, I never found that camera. It's gone. It's, it's taken some good pictures, though, I heard. I hadn't put insurance on it yet, so I lost that one. But you know what? Yeah, I, I, we can always make more money and replace it. The, 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 the thing That's a is, great attitude. It, it's hilarious. It is, it's it is funny. Right? It's one of the most expensive laughters I've had. Yeah, right? Well, yeah. Now, the interesting thing was I was, I was dating um, Lori Boyle, who I dated for like six and a half years or something. Definitely not long enough. She broke up with me because I'm always gone, which is probably not going to change. But um, yeah, anyway, never change. Yeah, but but anyway, she was there, and and uh, uh, I I took off. I I I took off after the shark, and I was gone for like I don't know a while looking for my camera. The shark came back in seven minutes. I don't know where the camera is. There, where it went in seven minutes. But I came back very low on air. And I look around, there's nobody in the water and except Lori and, and she's got underwater communication, of course. And so I said, Hey, are, are, are you okay? And she said, yeah, just a bunch of tiger sharks, <laughs> right? Yeah, Which yeah, is the right tiger way sharks. You know, you can't, you can't run across the safari in Africa because the predators, but you can go swimming with large predatory sharks every single day. Yeah, and you should. Why wouldn't you want to do that? What a, what a yeah. fun life to have. Nature is so amazing. At so every, amazing. At every single level. And right now, you know, with all these, you know, I'm constantly searching things and, and for conservation to see what I can help. Recently, I did something that everybody should do. About three years ago, I discovered the cause of red tide is the poisoning of our drinking water by our Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. I put a petition up. You can see it at my link in my bio um, to stop our, our, our government from poisoning our drinking water. There's about 178,000 signatures on it last time I checked. But what I discovered is that we knowingly killed off our pollinators and our amphibians. So I was so mad and I, I came back and right. I thought, wow, my backyard is a useless, beautiful yard that most people would love to have. And I thought, I don't need that. I need pollinators. So I hired some landscapers and there's hundreds of flowering plants for my hummingbirds and, and 26 bird feeders. And it's just all a right here. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous. You could take pictures here all day long and the the, the peaceful the, way to live the only, yeah there's uh there's like a dozen squirrels that uh, that go through 50 pounds of peanuts every two and a half weeks um and and i i buy seven different types of bird seed uh, for these 26 bird feeders and the birds here are just gorgeous yeah and and they know you know they, yeah you got right some beautiful birds there it's fantastic i should actually it's therapeutic just to watch them it absolutely They're beautiful. Is. By the way, check out Jim's uh, petitions. You have quite a few um, as well, but they're on change.org and as well as website. And, and there's a link on your profile. If you go to Instagram. Yeah, the link on my, the link on my Instagram page or, or go to wildlifevoice.org 
and, and go to campaigns and you can see the campaigns. Those are most of the campaigns that I'm working on. Um, although there are some that I really can't talk about um, because it will destroy the campaign. Um, but, but that's all right. You know, Oh, there you go. You yeah, go to wildlifevoice.org. By the way, everything Jim, you're doing is great. Go over to campaigns, push up. Oh, uh, those are petitions. But if you go right here, look on, on, uh, campaigns, uh, see if that, that does that bring up campaign outreach? No, don't just go click on just campaigns. Not the, just click right there. Click right there. I think that'll take you right to there's campaigns. So this oh, is here we go. This is the one to protect. Uh, you know, there's the one for COVID, COVID vaccines that are using uh, squalene, which is a shark. You know, so all these different things. I'm so blessed to have all my friends um, uh, help me by by sending me um, things that need help. And and uh, like you probably saw in the news because it went worldwide. Um, I saw a post about uh someone that had carved or I don't oh know, i can't i was so pissed yeah well i sent that out to 30 news agencies yeah thanks right? for doing that i saw um you know but, we, we need people speaking for our voiceless yes we need more voices speaking for the voiceless and we need people like you uh to step up and jim is an example yeah. i think to all of us you're an example Never. to all of us of what we can do to help uh, save this planet, save these animals. And, and um, you're very active. You're, the thing I love about you the most, Jim, besides all of the, all of the cool stuff, is you're uh, relentless. Um, I don't know if you ever sleep, and you just keep pounding away, and that's what we need. We need you know, this, this, these warriors and this army to, to speak up for the voiceless. They can't speak for themselves, and somebody has to do it. Um, and we need as many people as possible. So just start off. Go to wildlifevoice.org. Look at uh, everything Jim's doing. Just take a page out of his book. Get inspired like I did. And uh, well, so do more. Thank you so much. You'll have to come out here and personally witness this. You I know? have to. I'm there anytime. My, um, favorite, uh, you know, never Please. underestimate what one person can do. Never. Because indeed, if you look at history, that's the, the only thing that's ever changed our, our planet. And, and uh, one of my, um, for me, um, our youth is much more powerful than I am. And, and right now I have lots of, of different uh, kids that I hope to inspire. And one of my, one of my or two of my favorites, one is Ella Saves the Ocean on Instagram. Uh, beautiful family, hardcore, brilliant conservationist. I, I first met her um, when she was seven. I met her online and I gave her a, a scuba bubble course, a, a bubble maker course. Uh, and she came down here with her family from Canada. And, and with the instructor, I swam around at the Blue Heron Bridge. And, oh, and if, you, if you want inspiration, go to Ella Saves the Ocean or the conservation kid, Cash Daniels. These, these kids should be the mentors for the rest of our youth because literally I'll be dead and gone. Unfortunately, the, what we're, we're passing on to them is only 30% of what I've seen. I think that's part of the reason why I'm such a hardcore conservationist. I've seen it's true. The ocean from the surface to the bottom with scalloped hammerheads that I haven't seen in three decades. That's heartbreaking. It's, it's, you know, so They're I, ravaged. Know, I know what it can be. And if we would just stop and, and protect 20, 30% of our oceans, the ocean, nature will heal itself like it did during the pandemic. 
in many places. So that's that's, that's important. Yeah, keep that in mind. If we stop all the stuff now, we, we put everything back where they should be. We leave it alone. We protect it. It can start to heal itself. It's not going to be overnight, but that can happen. That that right there is an incentive. Too many people are just, you know, it's too late, this and that, but it's not. You can do no, so not. much, it, and you can do it today. Uh, the phone call before yours was uh, a, a girl I have not personally met face-to-face, but um, she's um, uh, the best place for black bears in North America is a place I go to in North Carolina. And, and she knows that. And she contacted me because one of the adjacent to the park where the bears are protected was up for sale on a hunting website. And, mm. and, and so she reached out to me and I've spent some time with her on the phone today. She sent me a text, Jim, I just wanted you to know you I'm going vegan. All right. That's great news. Called her immediately. I said, I don't know how many animals you're saving by eating, switching to a plant-based lifestyle. It's by far the best thing I've ever done for the, for the planet and the rest of the animals right now, presently over 50% of our land is used by agricultural animals. It's it's too much in, in uh, deplorable conditions to, so that we can taste meat. And the best part about it all is that, in the last few years, plant-based meats have won like a rib contest. In oh, yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, plant-based meats not only are super healthy, they also taste better than a lot of the regular meat. And, and they make you feel better. You don't feel bloated and like it's not oh, pumped with all kinds of crap. Better. Yeah, three weeks on a, on a plant-based diet, you'll never go back. You yeah, know? you're just like full of life. Yeah, it's so amazing. But anyway, how long have we been talking? We, we this this will be our time. I know I kept you on way too long, and I knew I kept you long, but I wasn't going to stop like it. This. It's no big deal. I would have done this all night. So I just <laughs> want to thank you, Jim Abernathy, for coming on the show. You're always My welcome pleasure. here. And we've check- tried to get this done for a while, and I'm I'm glad that we finally finally spoke. And and uh, there's lots of topics that uh, we haven't discussed, and maybe yes. today we will. Absolutely, Jim. Always happy to have you on. And please check out Jim's website, wildlifevoiceinc.org. Uh, and please go to the Instagram at Jim underscore Abernathy. That's A-B-E-R-N-E-T-H-Y. And uh, check out so all of the work. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thanks for making it happen. All right, Jim. I'll talk to you later. I'll it when it comes out. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, sir. Bye-bye.